Welcome to Come and See, your podcast for finding truth in a world of chaos. Brought to you by All for Jesus Living Waters Ministry. With host and founder, Richard Case, and co-host and retreat leader, Kathy Riccone. Jesus reminds us to watch for the signs of his return. Today, we will explore further what we are seeing in our times that line up with what signs he said would indicate the potential of the end and his return. We will also discuss the practical meaning of this as we watch and as a remnant, prepare as he so leads. And now your host, Richard Case. Well, good morning, uh, Kathy. Uh, here we are, uh, End Times Friday. Uh, this is going to be airing uh, second week, I think it's the 11th of August. Uh, good morning. So the summer is going on. We've... Uh, uh, we passed the what they call the summer solstice in June. Remember in June, mm, yeah. so every day is getting a little bit shorter in terms of light now. Um, so it uh, feels to me like it's getting longer because we're finally getting sunshine. Yeah, so. <laughs> you've gone from dark to light. Yes. Uh, yeah, we've had we've had a lot of rain too. We were starting to have you know quite a bit of sunshine, so we're uh, excited about that. And uh, Linda and I are heading out to uh, New Hampshire. Uh, where we rented a, a beautiful little cabin on the lake uh, and a boat. So That's going to be so much fun. And one of Linda's uh, just desires of of bringing joy to her in life, and and so we, we were able to do that. Not not very expensive. It's a privilege to us, and um, and so it'll it'll be fun to be there and be with everybody, and uh, just to enjoy that. Uh, and we're sure we're praying for now. You know, all year we've had all that rain. You don't need any more rain. Now we need all the sunshine yeah, we, while you're here. We want, we want sunny, uh, not too warm, not hot, but nice nice and sunny on the lake. You're in a good spot for that, yeah. though, too. So as long as we get some sunshine, uh, yeah. the water off the lake and stuff, the, the breeze off the lake will feel good. Yes. We um, uh, have been talking the last couple of times, kind of got led into uh, Israel, discussion of Israel um, and the significance of it. Uh, and what you know, and you raised a good question uh, because it's it's a little bit, uh, let's say, all over the map of how people view Israel, mm-hmm. um, with the thought about well, you know, yeah, G- Jesus was Jewish. Certainly, he he came and ministered and was part of Israel, mm-hmm. um, but he brought a new truth that was you know offering the gospel to, right. the, to the world um, and uh, that whole thing by the way is fun to read through in Acts particularly um, and think about as you're reading the gospels remember that the 12 and the people that Jesus primarily was ministering to were Jewish citizens of Israel Um, and their perspective was Israel and Old Testament things uh, Mm -hmm. that they had by that time there had been become a distortion of the truth even of the Old Testament because Mm. uh, with the development of the different leadership in Israel so think of uh, the Pharisees, mm-hmm. they were the they were the really the ruling group. Um, right. It would be like 
uh, in your church today, uh, generally speaking, there's a group of elders. Right. Those elders rule that church. Kind of uh, set the tone for set, everything. Set the yeah. tone. And so the Pharisees were the rulers of Israel. Remember, uh, they're, they're a, a state of Rome. Mm-hmm. So they're not independent. Right. So politically, they weren't an independent nation. They were a subnation under Rome, which is why they had, you know, Pilate and Herod was there, et cetera, that they, you know, they were, uh, actually Herod was Jewish, but, but Pilate was uh, of Rome that um, ruled that place. And that's why when the Pharisees went to crucify Jesus, they couldn't do it mm-hmm. per se. They had to get Pilate to agree to it, right? Uh, because that was the governance of it. But they were in those, those Sadducees. Um, uh, you know, they were the you know kind of the the keepers of the law, uh, and you know, think of lawyers, you know, etc. So all of that was set up, um, and it was all Jewish. And so when you read the Gospels, one thing to keep remembering is that the uh, disciples and Jesus primarily teaching was to Israel with an Israel mindset, Old Testament mm. mindset. Right. Um, so like, for example, uh, Jesus in, in John 16 uh, says to, excuse me, in Matthew 16 says to, to the disciples, who do, who do people say I am? Mm-hmm. Oh, you're Jeremiah, you're Elijah, uh, you know, your, your Old Testament. This is the context they were living in. Yeah. Um, well, who do you say I am? And Peter says, well, you're, you're the son of the living God, the mm-hmm. Messiah. It, he said, you're, you're the Christ, but that word is translated the Messiah. Mm-hmm. And their view of it, which you can read it all the way through, is we understand at the moment you're coming to rule the earth. Mm-hmm. And, and, when, and Israel is going to be the government of earth. And so Rome's going to wind up being overthrown. And you're here to lead that. Um, mm. And it was a, uh, by the way, uh, they missed a lot of <laughs> truth about that. Uh, there is a time, interesting enough, when that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's called in our, in what, and we've described it in, in the description of the end times, uh, that, uh, remember, there's a tribulation, mm-hmm. seven years, they go to a, a wipe out Israel with the Battle of Armageddon. Right. Christ, Christ returns and kills everybody at that battle and basically sets up Israel along with him as the mm-hmm. leader, physical governor of the world. And this is the millennium. Millen- called the millennium. So they right. last for a thousand years. And by the way, we um, get to return back with him. And we are in our resurrected body because Christ is. And, uh, and he demonstrated what that looked like. Uh, remember when, when after the resurrection, he just appeared through a door or he would, right. he would in a second go from Galilee to Jerusalem, you know, and um, so he's not limited physically, but he has physical things because interesting mm-hmm. enough, he ate. Right. Uh, so it's going to be a very interesting place. But so it, it, there's a truth to that. But they missed the essence of what Christ was doing, which was to die for them. 
mm-hmm. because of the requirement of perfection and take on the penalty so that we could have eternal life even after the resurrection and and they were they were going to uh, the Jews first mm-hmm. uh, which were their audience you know so at Pentecost it's 3,000 Jews uh, that come to know Christ and then they're right. coming with an Old Testament perspective and they're learning the truth about the about Jesus which by the way remember they had a discussion about uh, circumcision mm-hmm. yeah okay I understand about Jesus receiving Jesus as Lord and Savior I get that but because um, we know that he's come to give us life and give it to us abundantly and it's covenant blessed to be a blessing by the way they understood all that right uh, shouldn't we circumcise everybody? Because circumcision is a sign of the covenant. Mm-hmm. Um, and Paul says, uh, no. <laughs> um, it's not a, don't go back to law mm-hmm. and add things to the truth. There is a truth about this, but it's the circumcision of the heart, which he writes about in Colossians chapter 2. It's not a mark that you do. Right. It's a mark that he does in your heart Yes, you step into the covenant, you know, but it's not that. So they have that Jewish perspective, and they're and they're constantly kind of drifting. They have a tendency to drift back to law, which, by mm-hmm. the way, is why he writes the book of Galatians. Is that right. which is all of our tendency in so every, many ways is to drift back everybody to has it. performance and independence, and he's calling us to a place of dependence and surrender. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. Um, and then Peter, uh, and we can see even in the Gospels that Jesus like the woman at the well and others, he would appeal to Gentiles um, and imply that, you know. But um, he told uh, Ananias, uh, who was asked to go lay hands on Saul, and he said, well, I don't want to do that. He's out to hurt me. Uh, No, it's my will. I want you to do it. And by the way, Ananias, and Ananias was the first person to hear it after the resurrection. Mm. He's going to go to the Gentiles. Mm. Um, and I was like, "Ooh, that's interesting." Um, and then, <laughs> and then Peter got the vision mm-hmm. of the uh, unclean animals. You know, get up and eat them. You know, like, no, I can't do that. And then he walked him through because of his experience with Cornelius, who was a centurion, Gentile. Right. Uh, and and he as he goes through that, what are you really trying to show me? Because mm-hmm. it's hard for me to receive this with my Jewish background of I don't eat anything unclean and now you're telling me it's okay what are you what does that mean because I can't right. I can't just do it automatically and he walks him through by using Cornelius and and as he starts to process with the Holy Spirit which is what we're going to kind of talk about today a little bit is oh uh, this isn't about all only about food this is about the gospel is going to everybody Mm-hmm. There's no limitation. Oh, oh, now I get it. You know, um, so they went to the Gentiles. Okay, so um, fundamentally, even then, think about it: um, the Jews, Pharisees, Sadducees, uh, what what were they always trying to do with with the, the disciples? Snuff them well, out. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, we don't like what you're doing. You're moving people away from us. It, yes, it went away from their power and their control, right? right. As and, well and, as and so what we they don't truly we believed. don't we don't want you to do that anymore. And they kept asking them to stop it and threw them in prison and all that. Um, 
So uh, they really didn't take on ultimately the banner of Christ after the after the resurrection. Uh, it it really moved to the Gentiles, and then it started going around the world. Mm-hmm. So that you know, think about today. And again, we, we, we had a discussion about the remarkableness of it is that the fact that Jews even exist in a pure way. Right. They're still Jews from, from 2,000 years ago. They're Jewish. They're mm-hmm. not, they're not they're Jewish and Gentile. They're, they're pure right. bloodline Jews. Um, but um, if, you, if you talk to an average uh, Jew around the world, Mm-hmm. You know, do you believe or have you have you would you like to consider, you know, Jesus as your Messiah? They would say pretty much no. Right. Um, no, we we have our system and we're sticking to our system. Uh, so what that brings, since we saw and experienced and we're in the middle of it, that the Gentiles are primarily the evangelist of the world. They're they're the ones that are are trying to explain and help people understand the truth of Christianity and Jesus. Mm-hmm. And generally speaking, the Jews, you know, don't, don't participate in that. So, right. the, so the thought, even as you look at things in the new Testament, well, um, it's not about the Jews anymore. Uh, and it's not about Israel anymore. It's about Jesus and, and basically Gentiles. And yeah, if a Jew wants to come to receive Christ, fine. But there's no there's no uh, nation about that. There's no uh, call to that. Um, so shouldn't we just kind of ignore it? Um, mm-hmm. Is it really that important? You know. Um, but because of what the Bible shows us, is that it is important. And so what mm-hmm. I what I want to talk about today is um, what. What exactly um, does the scriptures, and we'll talk. We'll just show one verse in the in the end times, just to highlight it, and then we'll talk about okay, how actually did the nation of Israel come back to be in place, mm-hmm. and then what's the significance of that today, and then a little bit of answer your question of well, then how should we view that? Right, uh, and it's very profound. Because I want to say up front, um, there's no should to this. Mm. Um, I want to I want to really emphasize. I'm not going to tell you. Well, therefore, you mm. should. It's really right. it's really interesting what God is asking us to do about Israel. So that'll be fun to share. So let's look Very at cool. um, go to uh, Revelation chapter seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is where the seals. Um, are being released in the in the tribulation, uh, and it talks about Israel. So go ahead. Now remember, this is um, after you know things are are moving to the end times, and so it involves end times yet to be experienced by us, right? Uh, but going to be experienced because we know that's that's going to happen, and it has to do with Israel. So let's let's read what it says. Uh, sure. This is Revelation seven. We'll just read, uh, we could keep reading to describe it further, but uh, one through five is, is good. Sure. After these things, I saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth, that the wind should not blow on the earth, on the sea, or on any tree. Then I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God. 
and he cried with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was granted to harm the earth and the sea, saying, Do not harm the earth, the sea, or the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our God on their foreheads. And I heard the number of those who were sealed. One hundred and forty-four thousand of all the tribes of the children of Israel were sealed. Of the tribe of Judah, twelve thousand were sealed. Of the tribe of Reuben, twelve thousand were sealed. Of the tribe of Gad, 12,000 yeah, were sealed. That's good, and we can keep going all the 12 tribes. So um, now, uh, again, the, the, the scripture's true, and it's accurate. Uh, when he's talking about the tribes of Israel, he's talking about the pure bloodlines okay. of Israel. Um, it's not a hypothetical, you know, separate, you know, concept of, uh, well, it's it's really the church, you know, and it's something right. else. It's no, so. Would this really be like pure, like a, a Jewish person married to a Jewish person with a hundred percent bloodline in each? So no straying from. With I mean, is correct. it that correct? It's it's pure. Okay, it's specific. pure all the way back <laughs> from the time of Christ. Okay. And actually, ultimately, from the time of Abraham. Um, which, by the way, it is truly amazing that that exists. In our world of crisscross, oh, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's remarkable, particularly when there wasn't a nation, right? So that um, again, just think of uh, if you know two thousand years ago. Let's just take Romans, Italians. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're done. You're gone. Uh, there's no more country ever. Right. Well, two thousand years later, there wouldn't be any pure Romans. It just wouldn't be. Mm-hmm. But it's remarkable. Uh, and by the way, uh, part of this comes out of, in a way, their understanding of truth. And you can look at this in all kinds of places in Scripture, but go to Ezra, go to Nehemiah. It says, do not intermarry. Right. Stay pure. Um, and they, and actually they, were, uh, they lost the blessings of the covenant when they intermarried. Um, mm. So stay pure, stay pure, stay pure. So that was kind of... A value that they had, interesting enough, <laughs> with no nation, because mm-hmm. it was destroyed and eliminated in 70 AD, um, they still stay pure. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, was, it was remarkable. Okay, so uh, they, know, they, they lose their country uh, in 70 AD. The Romans, you know, conquered it, destroyed the temple, and chased them out of Israel and stopped their ability to function in the normal way of worship and fellowship and celebration. So, um, you know, they couldn't in, in uh, Jerusalem or in Israel have all the feasts, for example, mm-hmm. because you couldn't go to the temple, you couldn't sacrifice, you couldn't do all those things. So it, it was eliminated. So they disperse. And because of, and I believe it was um, through uh, what Satan was doing, which he knew, that um, I, I don't ever want Israel to reform up because mm-hmm. he, 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 he knows the end. You know, he, he understands right. it, that um, I got to keep that country from ever coming back. And so um, throughout the world, after, <laughs> after they were dispersed, and they, of course they go all over the world because they're persecuted, um, the countries they went to, because of some perspective on it, never understood completely why they had that perspective, but 
they wouldn't allow the Jews to own property. Right. So you could rent, which is fine. You could live here and you can work, but you can't own things. Only our people can own things. Uh, well, almost their their immigration policy. Their immigration the policy. So um, what happened is that they avoided. This is the clever thing of what God did. They avoided the ups and downs of owning real estate. Mm-hmm. Um, and all they did was work, cl- accumulate money, and they became the world's bankers uh, hmm. because they became wealthy. Um, because it, the circ- the cycles didn't affect them as much as everybody else, you know, and so they right. became the bankers. So, um, hmm. but they had lost it, and uh, throughout uh, Jerusalem, um, and I think you've heard of you know uh, what's called the Crusades. Yes. Okay. Um, and primarily, by the way, uh, the Crusades was the Muslims that had risen up in the late six, 600s uh, wanted to conquer the Middle East, mm-hmm. and particularly Israel and Jerusalem, the place where Israel was in Jerusalem. Um, the Catholics that was now, you know, the Roman Catholic system that was what was functioning throughout the world uh, wanted Jerusalem as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for several hundred years, back and forth, back and forth, they would attack each other. And the Crusades was was the fighting between the Muslims and the Catholics. Right. And the Catholics would take over and win for a while. Then the Muslims would come back and take over and win for a while. Um, and back and forth, back and forth. So that in the um, 1800s, it is pretty much Muslim. And think about... Um, what we know today. If I say to you, what religion is primarily the religion of the Middle East, what do you say? Uh, you think of Muslim. A Muslim. Yeah. It is, it's Muslim because they had conquered fundamentally that entire area. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was back and forth, back and forth. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the Catholics uh, had... Uh, not basically had surrendered most of the Middle East. Mm-hmm. Like, eh, I, I don't even want, I don't even care about it. But Jerusalem, they always cared about. Um, right. And so they were, they were still active in Jerusalem, uh, processing, you know, the, things there. And the British um, got very interested in Jerusalem, in Israel, mm-hmm. the place of Israel. Um, so they started to visit and have impact on the governing of Israel and Jerusalem, and they established an embassy there, basically, and you know, and and started to be part of it. Well, and this is what you know ultimately we'll get to is um, a group of Christians mm-hmm. in England in in uh, 1848 were just gathering together. And they had a, an encounter with God through the Holy Spirit. And he asked them, I want you to intercede and pray for the return of the nation of Israel. Oh, that's cool. Um, now, they biblically, again, knew a little bit. They knew Revelation 7. Well, okay, they, mm-hmm. they didn't have any trouble. Yep, okay. I know. I know in the end. Israel returns. Um, I, I get that. Um, 
what are you talking about? You know, what do you want us to do? And, and well, I want you to intercede and pray that um, all of the uh, forces and my timing brings back the Jews so that they could form up as a government in back in Israel and reform the nation of Israel in that place mm-hmm. with Jerusalem being, you know, being the capital. Um, so, okay. Uh, now, um, this, is, this is a cool thing about intercession, which really is what God's asking us to do. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't have a prayer meeting for a day mm-hmm. and say, well, God, you said you're going to bring back Israel. We pray that you do. Uh, hope you do someday. You know, good luck. Let us know when you do. Uh, no, it was, I want you to stay active and keep praying and understanding the next thing and the mm-hmm. next thing and the next thing. Um, and so they started to do that. Uh, they personally went and visited Jerusalem, mm-hmm. understood the dynamics of it, um, and a couple things that God asked them to do. Because they weren't, uh, as believers, and because of even the Jews that were there, and certainly not the Muslims, um, we welcome you. They weren't welcome. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like, we don't want you to interfere, you know, with anything we're doing. Um, and so they, they couldn't come and say, you know, God's asked us to, and we want to set up something. Right. He said, just intercede and keep listening. Mm, and, what, and, and they learned two interesting things. Um, they were weak in education for children. Mm-hmm. God said, set up schools. Help, mm. help them educate kids. And don't, don't try to convert them. Right. Just, just help them educate. Just, just educate. They were really weak in hospitals and medical. Mm-hmm. And England had a really strong medical and hospital system. Bring it to Israel. Bring it to Jerusalem. And start mm-hmm. to set up uh, where you can serve them and help them physically. Don't, don't worry about converting them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so don't go in with, okay, I'll do this to convert you. No, just do it. Um, so they set up education, they set up hospitals, uh, and they um, uh, kept interceding for people to return, Jews to return. Jews started to return, partly because they had set up education in hospitals. Um, right. so, so they were part of it, but it was you know step by step by step. Um, and um, they developed and were praying for Britain to be able to establish an ability to uh, structure the return of the Jews mm-hmm. because of their government influence on it. And so these are all the things that they started to learn. Now think about it, they started in mid 1800s. Right. Well, a lot of those people obviously you know, because they were, you know, let's say they were, you know, 30, 40, 50 years old. By the time, you know, uh, 1900 comes, a lot of them are dead. Mm-hmm. But what did they do? They kept bringing people into that process. Hey, right. we're, we're called to intercede. They, they were interceding already 50 years. And, and they had seen a few things happen, but it wasn't the return of the Jews. Mm-hmm. So when we look about intercession and what we're asked to do is, well, Father, what do you have to say? now how do you want us to understand what's going on there mm-hmm. and what is our role which is pr- primarily to intercede and pray 
and then uh, uh, develop. Um, so that I love um, even as you describe that, I know we're we're focusing on Israel today, but just the lesson that that lays out for us in what it looks like one to just intercede for others, but two just the the pure humility, dependence, surrender in that is intercessory prayer. Right. You know that it is all you know most of us. I would think, you know, especially the way Americans are and myself included, you know, you see something like that and you go in and they don't have schools, they don't have this. We're going to use that to bring them to Christ. Right, right, right. We're going to, they were aware enough, walking closely enough, listening and surrendering enough to simply do the step that God called them to do and to pray ahead of his will. Yep. And, and nothing more and nothing less. That's a really, I mean, that's a tight rope, tight line to walk, really, yep. of of really just listening, surrendering, and trusting that even though you don't get to see the end product, you trust in the God who does, and he is orchestrating and inviting you into steps in the process. Yep. And it just reminds me, again, of sharing the gospel with friends, that God doesn't always say we just go lay it all out for him sometimes he says you know for the next you know however long you're just loving them well right just be a shoulder to cry on just laugh with them today that's yeah. all you're doing that's it yeah. and and that's such a beautiful reminder i think yes um now they're so they're there they're they're you know they're they're uh, the britain is getting stronger there uh they actually uh uh through a, a place called christ church which you can visit by the way okay. um had established itself inside of the British embassy. Mm-hmm. So it was safe. Okay. Um, so they weren't outside where people could persecute them. They were just Britons inside the embassy, which was protected. Mm-hmm. And they established Christ Church in the embassy. Oh, interesting. Uh, and okay. they started to worship and pray and invite others now who were living in uh, Jerusalem Mm-hmm. to join them in the intercessory prayer and understanding of it. And remember, they're just praying uh, day after day, week after week. Uh, okay, now what? You know, now what? Well, um, along comes in, you know, uh, 19, or excuse me, yeah, 1915, uh, 16, World War I. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they refer to it as the axes, uh, the Allies and the axes. You know, the Allies were, you know, France and and. Uh, uh, England uh, and the United States joined it, um, and then the Axis, you know, were uh, Germany, Hungary, Bulgaria, Austria. Uh, by the way, the Muslims in this war, uh, they uh, they were very active with the Germans. Okay. Because they were expecting to be a be a part of what they were doing, and they actually fought against you know the the. Uh, uh, West, uh, and they were they were partly defeated as as obviously Germany was, and so at the end of, of World War One, when uh, the United States and Britain won the war, mm-hmm. um, they set up what was called the British Mandate, mm-hmm. and the British Mandate was Britain, you. Through the and by the way, they set up something called the League of Nations. I don't know if you've ever heard of right. that. Right? Yeah, I remember that. Um, you, through the League of Nations, go and you govern Jerusalem. Mm. Um, 
And so part of God's answer was to put the, the people that had a heart to do That's this into power, and it's called the British Mandate. And what they purposely did, because remember, they've been praying for it for now almost 70 years. Hey, right. Um, they set up now uh, the ability, governance, that any Jew that wanted to return could come and freely and safely come back, live there, and not mm. have any, any persecution because of it. So people started to flood back from all over the world. And so that's what began because now there is this network that you said supports the return of Yeah, it's, it goes on. We'll talk, we'll talk yeah. about that as it goes on and on and on. But through the British mandate, supported by these, <laughs> these people of the church, mm -hmm. they set up a system and a, a, a freedom to come and return back to your homeland. Now, they mm -hmm. weren't saying you're coming back to a government. You're not coming back to run Israel yet. Just come on back, and you, you'll have protection by us, Brit Britain. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, we'll allow you to do it. And, and they safely returned. And now there was no temple, but you could freely worship, and they call it synagogues, Mm -hmm. You could freely worship the way you want to worship without any fear of persecution by anybody, including the Muslims or any or even the Gentiles. Um, mm. And they did. And so people start flooding back from, uh, you know, basically 1920, you know, into the early 1940s. And they're flooding back uh, to return. The Jews itself are coming back to that location. You know, which is the land. Okay, um, you know, we're at the end of our time here, but we'll pick it up next time and remind it, remind me to tell more of the story of what happens now. Okay. And and all I wanted to highlight today was this. It all occurred. <laughs> it all occurred because God called a group of intercessors. Mm. And oh, the, that's so good. And the intercession. This is kind of cool. Is that you know when we think of intercessory pray prayer yeah okay I'll pray for you <laughs> and God says no it's way deeper than that um, yeah. it's it's understanding dynamics as they occur one and what I want you to pray for and ba basically you're praying for me to act God speaking mm -hmm. and provide the steps that I'm, I'm putting in place and then two I'm going to involve you the mm -hmm. intercessor in some action that that is important for the fulfillment of what what you're praying for so That's like in, awesome. in this case it was like i want you to actually set up school i want you to right. actually set up uh medical and he's directing that i'm know? directing so they're having to ask and seek and listen in the midst of it you're both interceding and following mm -hmm. and you're part of the fulfillment of what you're interceding about because we have a That's tendency so to think of intercession of yeah and basically, it's this, and I, I have this all the time. Will you pray for me? Yeah, yeah, sure, I'll pray for you. Mm -hmm. God, you know, whatever they want, you know, take care of it. I'll see you later. If you're truly an intercessor, it's well, I got to go spend time with the Lord. Mm -hmm. What are you calling me to be part of? And then, what role do I have in that process? Mm -hmm. uh, and that's what happened here. So, the whole return of Israel, which is what we have to understand, was stimulated by God Himself. I love uh, that, and that means when we look at it, it really does happen 
well, then how should we view it today? Since you called it together, God, mm-hmm. how do you want us to view it, participate, and understand it, and certainly not dismiss what what you've done? Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, you know it's, it's that is a miracle in and of itself. Yeah, and is and we can't look at Israel today as a pure, you know, place of of Christianity because it's not. Right. Um, so that's. We, we have to understand the truth of that, too, so that mm-hmm. it's not like, well, okay, um, it is what it is, and it's going to be this, and so what? And God says, no, they're, you know, they're not yet fully receiving everything that I am and want to be with them, and, but I need you to understand where I'm headed. So mm-hmm. we'll, t- we'll talk more about so this good. next time and remind us to keep, uh, I think God has us here for a reason uh, for us to understand it is it's very significant, partly because... <laughs> Israel is the center of it all mm-hmm. when we approach the end. And therefore, we do have to have some understanding of that. Right. And what does, right. That, what does that mean for us and how do we approach it? So it's a good question, and we're going to keep you know, processing that question. So, awesome. Fa- Father, thank you. Thank you. Um, let me just pray. Fa- Father, thank you for the uh, privilege of this. And may we just keep uncovering uh, what it is you want to show us. And may we have that heart that there is no system, there's no shoulds, it's rather to follow you and have you teach us the truth of how you want us to view it and our role in that. And we thank you in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much for sharing. I personally know that just hearing the history of it again, you know, I'm sure at some point in life I learned these things when I cared much more about what my best friend was doing <laughs> and the boy across the aisle from me in school. But to hear it again in a way, in a context that brings meaning to what God is doing is huge for me. So I appreciate you enlightening us. Thank you for joining us, everyone. If you've got questions, send them in at questions at afjministry.com. We'd love to talk about them and we'll see you next time. Have a great weekend. See you then. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of Come and See, your podcast for truth in a world of chaos. Brought to you by All for Jesus Living Waters Ministry. Send us your questions and comments. And tune in tomorrow for more answers to your personal questions about living life in God's truth. Remember, God's will is best and none better. His truth brings peace in this world of chaos.